Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host and I am very excited to be joined this evening by one of my great friends and a true legend in the sport of ultra and trail running. She has, oh goodness, she has uh, accomplishments that are way too numerous to even begin to list here with a list of podiums and race wins from coast to coast and internationally. She is, among other things, a five-time top 10 finisher at the Western States 100 mile run and has been in the top 10 of the ultra runner of the year voting on multiple occasions please uh welcome to the podcast for the first time solomon elite athlete eliza lapierre eliza welcome to the pain cave thanks so much for having me it's an honor and a privilege (laughs) sure sure i can almost believe that it's really it's it's great to to hear from you. It's great to see you, especially in this crazy time. And you guys added a little bit of pressure to the whole quarantine pandemic by moving recently, didn't you? We did. It was um, a crazy experience, and it meant that my husband and I essentially moved ourselves. Um, we kind of broke our quarantine by having my parents help us on uh, actual moving day. But um, yeah, we closed on our house and then an hour later closed on our new house. So (laughs) it was a lot of shuffling of a lot of things um, on a rainy day with a wet dog that didn't want to cooperate. So yeah, we definitely tested our marital communication skills. (laughs) Yeah, moving is not easy under the best of circumstances, let alone what's been going on now. But you guys are you guys are settled in now? We're definitely settled, Um, you know, with the stores being closed and such, we haven't been able to, you know, run out and pick up those little things that you oftentimes need in a new house, like, uh, you know, extra trash can or um, a sponge or little things. So (laughs) we're we're waiting for the local shops to open so we can um, make some purchases, but it's starting to feel like home. So that's nice. Good, good. And how's training going? I see on Instagram, you guys been getting out for sure. Yeah, training is going really well. I definitely um, had some difficult times motivating when we were still getting snow in early May. Right. Um, because I've been running alone, I haven't had those you know training partners to motivate me to get out the door. Um, so it's you know I always tell myself get out the door and at least try for a half an hour. And if you still don't want to be out there, then you can be done. But you know as soon as I'm out and I'm moving, it's fine. So. Um, now that we've moved, we only moved 11 miles in distance, but it's opened up um, me to a lot of new dirt roads, and um, I'm figuring out the trail network around here, so it's fun just exploring. Awesome. Awesome. And you run with your dog, too, right? Yes. Twig runs, um, I would say, 80% of my weekly mileage with me. Um, so as I'm building, wow. she's building. and. Uh, yeah, she's been struggling a little bit, you know, because we went from 40s and 50s and now we're almost 80 degrees. So right. she's she's still losing her winter coat. So we're trying to trying to um, make sure she gets plenty of water and stays cool. But yeah, she's out there pretty much every day with me. She's a lab, right? She is a Border Collie mix. Oh, OK. Oh, those that, they'll run all day. Oh, she will run until she drops. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't let her get to that point. But yeah, she's her own worst uh, enemy for sure. Is she okay in like 70s, 80s? Because, you know, we have a dog for the, the first time, you know, for over the last few weeks, uh, Golden Doodle. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been building him up to like five, six miles at a time, and he's great. But when it hits 70, um, he he is not happy. She, um, if we were to do a road run, no, she wouldn't be okay. Mm-hmm. That pace is just much too quick for her. 
Um, but when it gets up to, you know, 80 degrees or hotter, I definitely make sure I'm running terrain where she can dunk off in a stream and cool off because she's gotten really good at learning in a stream. She not only drinks, but she submerges herself. That's, so she's completely wet. Yeah. That's what I'm um, trying to teach, uh, Teddy. He's, yeah. he, he'll stop and take a sip, but he doesn't even really want to get his front paws wet. And I'm like, jump yeah. in, just jump in. You'll feel so much better. He doesn't love being wet is the thing. I think we got to fix she, that. I mean, she's like a... A spring chicken after she jumps out of the stream she's yeah. off like a bullet so yeah we're lucky that she figured that out and um okay yeah, it's, it's it's been good so he will figure that out eventually it's kind of like you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink but um we definitely encouraged it and sometimes i just have to completely stop running so she's not afraid that i'm going to take off leave. without right. her right right sure yeah. okay yeah. cool um, so what we're going to do tonight, we're going to continue with some of the little silliness that we've been doing during the pandemic. We're going to bring Phil in in a little bit, um, and we're going to do a draft of uh, the elements making up an aid station, which is going to be a, a good time. But before we do that, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you for a little while about kind of the issue of gender equality in our sport, which is kind of a hot button topic that keeps cropping up uh, from time to time over the last couple of years. And it's not something that either Phil or I feel, feel terribly qualified to comment on, obviously, at least with any degree of expertise. So you've been at the forefront of this sport for about a decade now and have certainly seen you know trail and ultra running go through this boom period over the last few years and have seen you know the pluses and the minuses associated with that. What, from your perspective, has changed in terms of the way that women or the opportunities that are available for women in terms of positives and negatives that have come in the last few years? And what do you see are the main issues there? I think that when I started the sport, oh God, I don't even know how many years ago now, 15, 20 years ago, um, there was quite a bit of gender inequality and I was pretty oblivious to it. Um, you know, growing up, I played male sports. Um, I played hockey with the boys from the age of five up through high school. Wow. Um, and so I wasn't always, I didn't really always realize that it was inequality that I was dealing with, that I wasn't playing girls sports because there weren't equal opportunity for girls. Right. Um, and I was just happy to be participating. So when I got to ultra running, I was like, oh, I have a place where I can participate. That's good enough. And I didn't really realize that there weren't equal podium spots, equal sponsorship dollars, um, equal opportunities. Um, I just kind of went with the flow and, and was naive about it. Um, and then, you know, as the years evolved and luckily some women stepped up, you know, Nikki Kimball has been a great advocate and voice for females, Chrissy, um, and the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. But I mean, basically there are races that are, you know, paying money to the top 10 men, but only the top three to five women. Right. Um, sponsors are oftentimes offering females less money and females are oftentimes accepting less money because we kind of just take what we can get and, you know, we're grateful for that and we go on our way. Um, but I think the more we can call companies out and call races out and just say, Hey, we're, we're here, we're putting in the time and the effort and the same amount of, you know, passion and dedication as the men, um, we deserve the same. Um, you know, they have to respond. And I think the response is usually is usually good. Right. Um, you know, I refuse to be part of a race that doesn't offer uh, equal money, mm -hmm. um, males and females. Um, it doesn't feel fair to me because I train 
you know, just as hard as, as a guy trains. Mm -hmm. Um, and I deserve that, you know, if you get to the finish line, you get to the finish line. Um, so there's still definitely obstacles and barriers. And, um, I think the best thing we can do is admit that they're still there and work in a constructive way to try to, um, bring them to people's attention. Um, you know, some people go straight to finger pointing and, and conflict. And I think just a down to earth conversation oftentimes goes a long way. Um, yeah, that's, that's an excellent point is that I think, right. It, it's, it's easy, especially in the social media age to devolve into name calling and, and finger pointing, like you said, and right. I think when people take a step back and behave rationally and with civility toward each other, then the problems often do get solved, but there is still think, this, yeah, I'm sorry, go on. And I think, you know, doing it in a, in a private setting to begin with, you know, contacting a race director directly um, with a phone call or a face-to-face -face conversation rather than calling them out first and foremost publicly mm -hmm. um, goes a long way because it doesn't directly put them in the limelight and the spotlight and, you know, it gives them time to, to come up with a formulated response. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes they're just like, oh, we've always done it that way. We've always just done the top five females. I, I've never thought about why. And it's like, okay, well, let's talk about why it's important. <laughs> and, you know, usually they're like, those are all valid points and they come around. So, um, I mean, in the races that I've talked to, it's always ended up working out. So I've been grateful for that. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's it's great that women are not, not only advocating for it, but men have been largely behind the effort as well in supporting us and, and helping us get, you know, equal pay from sponsors and equal um, podium spots at races. So it's definitely a team effort. Now, there is right. So there, there's, you know, one aspect of it, like you're talking about is um, this, you know, kind of uh, in institutional inequality, I guess, that kind of persists from a corporate standpoint and, and you know, among race directors. And, and right, some of that is just tradition, like you said, and not not willing to change just because it's it's habit. And, and those things yeah. can can usually be addressed. And, you know, it, it's I, I think a lot of the shoe companies and other sponsors that you talk about are probably receptive to a dialogue. And, and you know, as consumers, we can certainly help to put pressure on uh, mm -hmm. those actors to, to, you know, make things more equitable. There is this underlying issue, though, of participation and opportunity. And yep. that, that seems to be a more of a systemic issue that's really hard to address. And it's certainly not something that, you know, there, there's no one person or, or one actor responsible for this thing. But there are a lot of societal pressures that lead to, I mean, the sport is still, you know, even though marathoning and road running is probably 50-50 or maybe even 55% female, trail and ultra running is persistently, I think, still about two, two to one men to women. And there are a number of reasons for that, but it seems like a difficult problem to address. At what, you know, of the factors that you can identify, are there factors that can be addressed or how do you think that can be best remedied? Yeah, I think that the Trail Sisters, you know, Gina has done a great job with some of the races that they partnered with and mm -hmm. they're allowing, you know, races are allowing 50% women, 50% men or any female that wants to get into the race, even if it's full, they're letting into the race. So they're, they're really building numbers and opportunities that way. That's a um, great idea. It also allows, you know, females to really be out there in numbers and support each other. Because sometimes it's honestly hard when the race is 80% men, 20% women, and you kind of feel like 
you know, where are my peeps sometimes, right. you know, <laughs> like where are my ladies at? Right. Um, and th- that, that can be a barrier to entry. Right. But, um, you know, if, if there's a hundred men trying to get into a, a race and 20 women, you know, you're going to be outnumbered, but, um, opening up more slots for females and just making it very female friendly because it, you know, females came to the sport of running and racing later in life. Um, we haven't always had the same opportunities to, to do events. And um, so I think there's just a lag, but race directors denoting a certain amount of slots to females really helps um, encourage more, more participation and, you know, the equality in numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you run into problems with any of your sponsors in terms of stuff that you were saying in the past where, you know, offering less than a, a a comparable male counterpart or is that something that you wouldn't even uh, address you wouldn't e- even pursue a relationship with a company like that i mean honestly in my experience all sponsorships are very um in terms of what each athlete is getting it's very i don't know if secretive is the right word but it's not disclosed um, it's, to right. other team members it's Opaque, not a conversation least, right. you have yeah it's not published Um, do I think that males and females are being valued in the same way in terms of pay? I don't. Right. I don't. Um, and, and that's, that's hard. Um, but but without transparency, that's hard to address. Like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you don't know, you just sort of have a hunch, you know, there's some hearsay and, you know. Well, and then there's some comparing, well, where does this female stack up against which male and are they getting equal pay? And it, it's really difficult. I mean, I wish there was more transparency from companies and and who is getting what and and what's expected. Um, like in, you know, a lot of corporations do that, but, it, you know, and there's been a lot of articles written as well, but still there's no disclosure on exactly who's getting paid what amount and and what's being given in return. So, yeah, uh, I, I wonder if there's a, you know, a spot or a spot for that in the trail running space of a company that can come forward and be super transparent about it. And, and you know, the, the the good press that would be associated with something like that seems like it would be, you know, worth it for for that. I, I mean, other than you know, saving money by screwing over the athletes, I guess there's a little downside to, you know, just being transparent and open about what people are getting. Yeah. I mean, I know teams certainly have different tiers and different levels and, um, and that kind of denotes what, how much you get paid or what kind of product you receive. Um, but I also know that there are far fewer professional women you know, making a living off ultra running than right. males. Right. And and why that is, I think it comes down to how much they're being paid. You know, I, I hesitate to kind of tread on these grounds, but I, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't at least bring up what's been going on over the last couple of weeks with some of the accusations and, and scuttlebutt surrounding uh, Sean Blanton and the, the Run Bum tours or whatever his company is called. You know, for those who may not be aware, you know, Sean is a, a for a long time been a, I would say, a controversial, a bit of a lightning rod figure in the sport. But by most accounts, a successful race director who uh, puts on a number of well-regarded races in the South. But you know, his behavior has been questioned at times uh, in terms of both his uh, the way the way that he handles people who disagree with him, and also his 
I would say I, I described it to somebody as a kind of a poorly kept secret. I don't even think it was a secret at all, just the way that he kind of publicly talks about the way he treats women. Um, and this all did come to a head in the last couple of weeks. There's plenty of resources where people can read about this. And, you know, Sean is having his day online and, and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, I did want to talk to you about this from the perspective of somebody who's run his races before, your former winner of the Georgia Death Race, which is his premier event. And, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, make anybody uncomfortable, make you uncomfortable or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, I was just wondering if you might comment on some of the things that have come out, uh, you know, or if there's anything that you can speak to firsthand. You know, fortunately, I, I think this type of misogyny is not rampant in the sport, but I'm sure it's not unheard of either. Yeah, um, I've run Sean's Georgia Death Race on two occasions. Um, and both both races I did um because I wanted to run a more local um, golden ticket race with a competitive field. The first year I went and I had no um, inclination to take the ticket. I just wanted to go race against a solid field. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went and ran Sean's race and um, I really left with not the greatest feeling in my stomach. Um, I remember talking to my husband afterwards, just saying, you know, I saw saw a lot of things going on that I really, wasn't a fan of. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't feel safe out there overall. Um, you know, I just, I felt like something was off. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am a bit ashamed to say that, you know, I think it was two years later, I went back and ran his race again, um, because it's the most convenient East coast golden ticket opportunity. Um, and I saw many of the same things, um, in terms of, um, you know, him being intoxicated prior to the race and during the race, um, which I was uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. because he's the one in control making decisions. Um, I saw him belittling people on social media at the finish line. Um, uh, Some of his comments were just outlandish. Um, I didn't like the way that the course was mismarked. Um, he had moved aid stations without um, telling us. So mm-hmm. there was a sign saying like, haha, aid stations actually three miles uphill. So I hadn't, I hadn't planned on having that much water. Um, it was a, you know, a 90 degree day. So I, I suffered. I ended up drinking out of a stream. Um, uh, aid station workers just giving me, um, false information because, you know, it's all a game, you know, it's the death race, you're going to die. Right. Um, I remember asking an aid station worker, um, how many miles to the next aid station? And, um, is it mostly downhill? Cause I thought I recalled it was a downhill section and she's like, Oh yeah, it's totally all downhill and it's only five miles. Well, it turns out it was eight miles and it was mostly uphill. (laughs) So I didn't carry enough water and it's things like that. I'm like, this is not a game. No, it's, that's a safety issue. Yeah. So when you're covering that much distance and terrain and, you know, you're trying to compete for a high level slot um, when it's part of your profession and your income, I just didn't find it funny. Yeah. Um, And and I think they were directed by him to give, you know, sort of false cues. Right. Um, I can't say that for a fact, but, um, you know, again, I said, sadly, I went back for a second year because I, I didn't have a good taste after my first year. Right. And I, I feel like I shouldn't have gone back and supported him. But again, convenience wise, um, an East Coast golden ticket race was sure. just um, easier for me. Right. Right. Um, no, I, I think he 
you know, he cultivates this kind of bro frat boy atmosphere. And his attitude seems to be, uh, if you can't take a joke, fuck off. And I, um, I mean, I'm hoping that this is kind of the end of that sort of behavior, um, or at least on the, at least uh, to have the, the stage and the platform that he does, because it really is, it's unfortunate. Um, and if he wants, and in my opinion, if he wants to run the sort of race that's, you know, Georgia death race where you're going to die and you have games and tactics, mm-hmm. that's completely fine. Um, in all honesty, after my second year, I did go to Craig Thornley and say, I don't think that this race represents um, Western states and its values. Right. And I don't think it should be a golden ticket race. And I said, I think you should look into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you think otherwise, that's that's fine. That's your call. Um, but I care too much about Western states to have right. a race um, that I don't think is proper to represent. It. Right, right. And like, and that's, I mean, right, if you want to have that as your stick, that's, that's a gimmick, that's fine, be, be yeah. a gimmick. But right, Western states is, you know, it's about performance. It's about, you know, the, it's not just about the elites, but the elites make up a huge part of it. And, and if this is a, an elite feeder system for that yeah. kind of race, you can't, it can't be gimmicky and unsafe based on some, you know, shtick, basically. So, so um, I mean, by no means did I see, you know, sexual harassment or that sort of thing. But, um, you know, clearly drinking and being under the influence prior to a race and during a race um, and just not feeling like he had everybody's best interest. And maybe in his heart he did. Um, but I think he made some poor choices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to bring in Phil in just a minute, but before we do, I like to play a fun game with, or, well, it's fun for me. I don't know how fun it is for everybody else, but with uh, with all the guests who come on, we play Desert Island Picks. I'm going to send you to a desert island for one year. You get to bring you get to bring one book, one album, one food, and one beer for a year on a desert island. <laughs> so I think the, the book, one I've been eyeing for a while and I just haven't um, had a chance to read yet is um, Lizzie Hawker's a short story about a long run. Um, oh, I haven't read that just, either. Yeah, just um, I've met Lizzie a couple times just at various races and she's she's an amazing um, I think trailblazer for ultra running and sweet uh, woman who who has you know tested the endurance limits and so I'd like to read her book. Um, for an album, I'm going to cheat and I'm actually going to say, um, a photo album with families and family and friends. In <laughs> oh, there. that's so nice. Yeah. Cause I, I like pictures quite a bit. Um, a beer. I, I don't drink beer. Um, okay. so any, gonna, any beverage take, is fine. I'm going to take a kombucha instead. You have a particular um, brand or you brew your own? I just bring my own. Yeah. Okay. You got, um, you, you have a, a SCOBY in the fridge right now. How many SCOBYs do you have? Yeah. <laughs> It actually didn't make the move, so we got to get a new one. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and one food. Somebody thought it was trash, so. Um, <laughs> I, I sympathize. <laughs> uh, I would probably bring pizza. It's a very versatile food item. That's the correct food answer. Item. There's one correct answer. I, I would have allowed pasta, but pizza is the, the right answer. <laughs> Eliza, thanks so much. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have Phil on, and we will draft our ideal aid station. So just sit tight. Thanks. Hey, guys. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about Ladder. Ladder is a sports nutrition brand that is seeking to change the way that supplements are made. They've worked with top scientists to try to formulate a line of clean performance products. 
Unlike other supplements out there, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards of quality and safety. All of their products are certified for sport by the NSF, which is the gold standard for quality in the sports nutrition and supplement business. So you know that they're serious about quality and performance. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. So what that means right now is access to special offers and expert advice from their online community. You can use the code BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. That's BETTEREVERYDAY, B-E-T-T-E-R-E-V-E-R-Y-D-A-Y for 30% off at ladder, L-A-D-D-E-R, dot sport. And thank you to Ladder for sponsoring this episode. All right, we are back. All right. I am here with Sounds Eliza for the good. second part of our episode. How did the first bit go? Shut up, shut up. You're t- ruining my intro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, we're back. Eliza is here, and we are going to head on to the second part of our show, which is going to be our aid station draft. And I am very psyched to welcome back in my partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express, the Corey Waltering to my Corey Feldman. Phil Vondra, welcome back to the Pain Cave. All right. It's good to be here. And I will be running in 2021 in a budgie smuggler. That's going to be my new thing. <laughs> uh, Phil, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we just uh, were talking for a little while about uh, women's uh, issues and equality in sport, and we are ready to have a good time. Um, uh, I've lost you on the interweb. What do you mean? You can't hear me? You're uh, sounding a little bit like something from a Star Wars movie. Like that? No, I didn't actually hear what that was, but I'm guessing that was Darth Vader. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm guessing you practice that way too often. Pretty, pretty frequently. Pretty frequently. Okay. Okay, you got Kinda me. Back. A little bit of reverb, like a little bit of reverb, but not too bad. Yeah, this is the joys of podcasting during a pandemic. So, as always, before we start tonight, Phil, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a collaboration between Equilibrium. And Trillium, it's called Climb the Bulma Peak. And I think we all know what a Bulma Peak is, right? I have no idea. Oh, you're a doctor. I thought you'd know. Um, <laughs> I think it's some correlation between a limited amount of alcohol enhances your brain function. I think that that is correct. Ah, okay. Perfect. Makes perfect it's sense. A little trivia, maybe something for you to look up. You didn't study that in medical college. I guess you were too no, I didn't. I didn't get that one. I'm going to crack open a... Zero Gravity Little Wolf. Nice. Yeah. Just I like those beers. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. All right. So listeners of the show over the last several weeks have maybe heard Phil and I and some other folks drafting our ultra running uh, fantasy teams. And we're going to take a page out of the No Dunks podcast and my friend Jay Skeets, and they've been doing some fun drafts of just random stuff. They call these episodes squad episodes, and they will draft, uh, so they've drafted the elements of the perfect sandwich. They've drafted uh, things to put in a 1990s time capsule. Uh, so we're going to do something similar. We're going to draft our perfect ultra running aid station. We have nine categories, so we're each going to draft in the number one position in three rounds. And our nine categories are as follows. We are drafting one salty snack, one sweet snack, one hot food, 
one sports drink, one non-sports beverage, another, another drink, uh, one random object that can be something for the volunteers to use, that can be something that the runners can use, any kind of random object or something that you want when you come to an aid station, one extra service, so something other than just, you know, food or whatever that you might get at an aid station, one annoying song that's going to be playing on repeat in the background for 24 hours or so, and one celebrity that you want to be there cheering for you or for your runners while you're coming through. Now, I had, I had uh, envisioned that as like a celebrity ultra runner, some, you know, a well-known ultra trail runner. So if we want to stick to that, that's fine. If you want to just bring in a random celebrity, that's fine too. All right. You guys ready to go? We I are. Am. I'm ready. All right. In round one, uh, Eliza, you're going to have the first pick of the round for your salty snack. What are you going with? I'm going with a traditional potato chip. Perfect. You have a brand or a style? I like the ones with the ridges. Oh, ridges. Okay, nice. But it just a, a plain, you're not like a sour cream and onion or anything like that. No, keep it salty and keep it ridged. Keep it per perfect. Perfect. All right, potato chips are off the board. Phil, you have the number two pick, salty snack. All right. Well, I'm not sure where this one fits in. It might it might need a All, ruling. Already. Pick. See, now, Eliza, you, well, you have to realize what Phil... Phil has very little uh, either concept or regard for the rules. So, all right, how are you How are you fucking with the game already? Go ahead. Well, no, you're going you're gonna to really feel me on this one. It's, <laughs> it's tricky. So, at uh, Cayuga Trails, they have watermelon slices, but they put salt on them. Oh. And they are so good, like... I, I struggle to get out of that aid station because I'm crushing these things. So it has a bit of sweet and it has a bit of salt. I don't know where, you know, you're going to need to make a ruling on it. But it's good. It's really good. I'll, I'll give, I'm okay with that if you are, Eliza. I'm, I'm okay with camps, salted yeah. watermelon. Well, I'll take it for sure. Okay. Okay. Right, Very good. That, that, that does sound delicious. That is so good. I love it. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I'm all right. I shouldn't make fun, Phil, because I think I'm going to go with a little bit of a, you know, something that could fall in another category as well. Um, I had this on my list for hot foods, but now that it's it's obviously still available here, um, I think I'm going to pick bacon. OK. All right. Get a little bit of fat in there. Get a nice, nice, yeah. uh, you know, nice bunch of salt in there. I like bacon. I, I was. I remember we did a rum once. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice bunch of salt in there. I like bacon. I, I was. I remember we did a run once, and you took a bag of bacon with you, and it was like ninety degrees. Oh and yeah, you pulled yeah. A bag of bacon out, and it was just like the grossest. Oh, thing it's I've not. Ever seen. You get a little condensation inside the bag. It's delicious. <laughs> condensation was at least your worries. What was in that bag? But anyway. <laughs> okay. okay, round two. A sweet snack. Phil, you have the number one pick in the round. Sweet snack. I'm gonna go with uh, an ice pop. Oh, you know, you're, you're deep into a race, you're really getting hot and they produce like, you know, like ice pops. Um, so good. So refreshing. A uh, bit of water, a bit of fluid, you know, like that's a really good one. That's a really good one. You got a flavor you're going with. You got a brand. You don't care. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but watermelon ice pops. Watermelon <laughs> ice pop. Uh, we have a theme. Team anything, watermelon. Lime. Just put some lime salt on it. Really good. <laughs> yeah. I have the second pick, and I am actually going to go with uh, icing. Like I, frosting. Yeah, like frosting. I'm, I'm stealing this one straight from the Claire Gallagher playbook. Get a spoon or a knife. Crack open that little container of frosting. Yeah. Just spoon it in by the, by the mouthful. 
uh, some chocolate or vanilla uh, frosting. I don't really care about the brand. I'm, I'm not brand loyal. Betty Crocker, maybe, whatever. But uh, yeah, give me, give me that icing. Frosting, whatever you want to call it. I remember a few, a few years ago, we went to uh, uh, Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, yeah. We had a late and night, uh, what was it, Piggly that, Wiggly or whatever. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of, it looked like basically marshmallow in a, in a jar. It's delicious. Disgusting. So good. So easy to get down, too. All right. Yeah, you had like two spoonfuls over a whole hundred miles. That was so easy to no, get down. No, no, I had plenty. Plenty. <laughs> Eliza, what's your sweet snack? My sweet snack is maple syrup. Oh uh, yes. Uh, oh, you want to? You want to? You want to plug your uh, plug your company? Uh, it's got to be untapped maple syrup. Sure. Um, oh wow. Yeah, salted raspberry on a on a warm day is the best. Um, coffee infused maple syrup when you need a little pick me up, but. Um, goes down smooth and easy it's low glycemic index unlike your uh frosting in a jar so. oh no we're spiking that <laughs> insulin baby get that <laughs> insulin going that does Fresh sound really good that sounds like really good flavors as well uh oh yeah all right good good all right i uh, round number three i have the first pick for hot food and i am psyched to have the first pick in this round because i am going with pizza Oh, nice. I'm assuming it's hot. But you know what? Even if it's not and it cools off, just as good. Just as good. It was hot at one point, I guess. At some point, it was hot, probably, before it got to the court. And you have frozen pizza on a hot day. (laughs) Eliza, you have the pick number two in the hot food category. I'm going with mashed potatoes. Ooh. That was on my list. That was on my list, but it wasn't my number one. Mm, Can't wait to hear your number one. All right, Phil, Um, your number one still available? I'm going with noodles. I love a sure. cup of noodles. Yep. You know, you're freezing your ass off on a mountain race. You roll into the aid station and they say, do you want some salty noodles? And the correct answer is yes, please. It's always yes. Always <laughs> yes. That's yeah, an excellent choice. Very good. I love those things. All right. Round four. Eliza, you are back to the number one pick for sports drink. Um, again, brand loyal. I'm going with the untapped lemon maple aid. Oh, I didn't know they made... Um, they, I didn't know they made a drink. I thought it was just the... The gooey stuff. They do waffles, drink, and uh, syrup packets, so I'll definitely have to send you some. Oh, awesome. That's great. All right. That sounds delicious. Phil, what do you got? uh, I'm assuming you're going with Tailwind. Absolutely Tailwind. Tailwind. I'm going to seriously think about getting my Tailwind tattoo when the parlors are back open. Yeah. So that's why I... Definitely Tailwind for me. That's why I didn't mind picking behind you, because Tailwind is disgusting. And I knew my I knew my choice would still be there. I am going with uh, lime goo brew. Uh, that's that'll keep me going all day long. Okay, this is one where okay round five is going to be our other beverage, the other beverage that you're going to have there. And and Phil, you're going to have the first pick. I would consider trading up in this round because I'm afraid that you might pick. I, in <laughs> fact, I'm pretty sure you you are going to pick my choice here. So if you wanted to trade down. Uh, I, I- I've I have discovered the ultimate in ultra running other drinks. <laughs> At uh, Brazos Bend, it was the seltzer water. Oh, crushing like, seltzer water is <laughs> it's so refreshing. <laughs> It's so delicious. I'm like, it saved my ass at Brazos Bend. Oh, you just stole um, Eliza. She is not happy. Sorry, well, Eliza. My beverage was a little bit different, so it's still right. going to come out. I'm going with seltzer water. Unflavored? Plain, you got a flavor? flavor you want. It's, in, it's so refreshing. It's so good. Definitely seltzer water. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't trade up then. You left me my number one, Coke. Give me the Coke. 
Give me oh. the caffeine. Give me the sugar. I want it all. I'm going to yeah. be riding I like high. Spikes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it's, there's no spikes. I just, I, I ride the high all day long. <laughs> yeah. I, as long as I keep, keep as long as I keep a steady infusion of <laughs> sugar into the bloodstream. Three days after the race. But. <laughs> Frosting in one hand, Coke in the other. <laughs> all right. Eliza, what do you got for your other beverage? I had sparkling water down. Uh, um, I'm going to need a ruling on that like, one. Makes me feel like really sophisticated when I'm like really gross and nasty. I just feel like I'm like five star when I'm really like looking like shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I don't drink seltzer or sparkling water. Is there a difference between the two? I need a ruling on this one. I, I don't think there is. I think, <laughs> I think it's the same. You need to go out and buy a sparkling water and then a seltzer, and you will experience the difference. So there, oh, okay, difference. okay. So you're talking like Perrier or something like, like that. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So that, that's different. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Because I, I have no idea. I'm going to say Perrier. Perrier sparkling water. Okay. Yeah, that's that's very Euro. I like and it. If it. And if it's a glass bottle, that's even better, and it makes me feel even classier. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I've been here <laughs> 17 years. I'm so on Euro now. I'm like. <laughs> I haven't seen a bottle of Perrier for 17 years, probably. So, okay, cool. All right. Moving on to round six. I will have the first pick for this is a random item. And uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I am going to take, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I don't want to get Phil all riled up, as I know he likes to. But uh, we're going to take uh, we're gonna take a, a Vaseline or a, a lubrication. We're going to take, a, I actually will say... Oh. Um, yeah exactly exactly uh why don't we say uh, no you know i'm just gonna say vaseline we could we could you could use squirrel nut butter or and I'm, I'm i'm taking all of those uh products squirrel nut butter body body glide vaseline whatever it is so um, lubrication basically some some sort of lubricating Lubricant. uh thing for for chafing that's that's what i need uh at an aid station uh eliza what is your random item uh free hugs Oh, that's oh, so nice. With like no inhibition, even if I'm like really sweaty or sticky or I have like vomit on me, just anytime I can get a hug, it's really uplifting. That's great. See, you want a free hug Especially and you have vomit on you. At Rocky Raccoon last year, I made a uh, volunteer watch me put Vaseline on my nether regions. There you that's we're coming from the exact same place, I think. Phil you made them do that? <laughs> That's, that's I didn't. Work. I didn't make them. Okay. But hey, they didn't look away. Let I me tell you that really much. Really wanted to watch that, but <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what do you got in this category? Um, I've got something that's a little well, not that different. But you know, sometimes <laughs> you roll into an aid station towards the end, and you are massively dehydrated, and they don't have those tiny little cups. They have those big, like red. I don't know what they are. Like I don't know what it's called. A solo cup. Is solo that? Cup. Uh -huh. A solo, a solo cup. cup. Yeah, solo and they cup. Fill that thing up with Coke, and you're just like, yes, not like that little cup, and you you finish it, and you have to keep refilling. They give you a whole big solo cup full of Coke, and you crush it. All right, so solo cups. That's because yeah. Coke has been taken, but you're gonna you're gonna take solo yeah, cups. You, you want a big volume of fluid. So you can have a big drink. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, li I like my I like my chances. I like my chances here, Phil. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Number seven. What extra service will you will you want or will you have at your aid station? Eliza, you have the first pick. So mine kind of goes to what you just said, and it's when volunteers will put ice in places that your significant other only sees. <laughs> um, oh. So we're gonna we're gonna call this aggressive icing. I remember one year at Western States, 
a man asked if I wanted ice and I said, yes. And he said, where? And I pulled out my sport, you know, pulled open my sports bra and he looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, get it in there. Let's go. Ice me. Ice me, buddy. All right. Excellent. Not suitable for work icing. Phil, uh, what do you got? Your extra service. Um, I like it when they have a, a bucket with a sp- with water and a sponge uh, in it. Ah, sponge bucket. Excellent. So you can sponge yourself down. Oh, it feels so good. So refreshing. Very good. Very good. All right. I have I have two I my my top two choices are still available here. And I'm I'm kinda torn. I think I'm gonna go with a massage. Ooh. I'm gonna have a massage therapist at my aid station going to be good have if i'm ever, running or volunteering have you ever gotten a massage during a race uh during a 24 hour does that count wasn't really a massage yeah, but kind of it was like an art kind of thing okay i think all that's right. different yeah all right should i not I go don't with know that? that i would get up from a massage personally but well it's my other weird. my other that's... one was also the kind of thing where once you sit down you're not getting up it was really more for the volunteers i was yeah. my, i was de- deciding between that and a bonfire Ooh. yeah Bonfires are nice. Problem is, you never leave the. Aid that's station. that's exactly what I, that was. That was that was my concern. And they start put, handing around the cocoa and singing songs, and you're like, "Oh shit, I still got forty more." <laughs> right, exactly. That was by the fire, really, yeah. really more, really more to attract the volunteers than anything else. Uh, all right, round eight, Phil. Your annoying song. It doesn't have to be annoying. I was just kind of picturing it that way. Oh, okay. I I think that I'd be particularly annoyed by sort of the uh, chariots of fire Vangelis noise. <laughs> you know, this like thought of you running down the beach. It's just a little corny for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, chariots of fire Van- Vangelis. Sure, sure. A classic. Uh, definitely an aid station staple. I'm going to go with another aid station staple, the Eye of the Tiger from Rocky yeah, fame, no, obviously. <laughs> if, if, if you try and make it through a, a 100-mile trail race without hearing the eye of the tiger, that is an impossible task. So, <laughs> And it will haunt your dreams, certainly. Yeah. Uh, Eliza, what do you got for your annoying song playing on loop? I am going with ACDC TNT Dynamite. <laughs> I can even play a little clip for you. I've got it queued yeah, up. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Because I'm... <laughs> I'll be haunting yeah. you the rest of your all life. day long. That would just get me going. Not See really. now, now one of my favorite run songs actually is "Thunderstruck" by ACDC. Like that one, will keep me going for like honestly, I could listen to that for twenty hours on repeat and be psyched about it. But yeah, TNT, I think I would probably shoot myself. All right, we are to the final round in our draft. The Celebrity Ultra Runner, or Random Celebrity. I'm going to go with Celebrity Ultra Runner for mine. I have the first draft, the first pick, and uh, I went with one of my favorite follows on Instagram, a great runner and somebody who I think would be definitely smiling, definitely would would pick me up and and, uh, get me moving in the right direction. I am going to take Lucy Bartholomew. Uh, I know she's going to have a, a smile and a hug and uh, probably some watermelon. So that's my pick. Yeah. With, with salt and lime juice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, I, I, and I'm sure she'll have a drink with me, too, if, uh, if I was in the mood for a beer by that time. Eliza, <laughs> who's your celebrity and or celebrity ultra runner that you're, you're going to have at your aid station? So I'm going to pick uh, the people I call Team Terra Nova. So Paul and Meredith. Oh, Terranova. that's an oh, excellent, nice. excellent, excellent um, call. 
because not only are they inspirational themselves, but um, they've always got every trick up their sleeve to make sure that you're going to make it to the finish line and have, have the best day you possibly can. So um, if there's something you, you need, they're going to have it on hand. And if you just need some encouragement or a joke or a hug, they've got that too. So Paul and, Ter- Paul and uh, Marinette Terranova for me. Great pick. Great pick. Love it. Phil, who do you got? Me, I am going with Laura Klein. <laughs> Laura, she was crewing for me and a friend of hers at my first ever 100-mile race, and she was absolutely amazing. Um, she kept me going. She fed me. She motivated me. She made me laugh. She was so good. Um, and I think when you see a friend at one of these races, that's the best thing you can see in any any aid station. I was going to choose you, but you're only borderline famous, so... Laura is famous. No. So I'm going with Laura. I'm neither famous nor do you want me at an aid station. <laughs> I don't know. You've run with me, paced me before, so that was helpful. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Let's let's do a quick re- recap of the teams. You guys have you written down what you picked? Do you want to recap your own teams or should I run through them for you? I think you can run through. Uh, yeah, me. Phil definitely has no idea who's on his team. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Eliza's team, Eliza has for salty snack, uh, Ridge's potato chips, regular flavor, uh, for a sweet snack. She has the untapped, untapped maple syrup for hot food, mashed potatoes for sports drink, untapped, the untapped sports drink. You said maple lemon, lemon, maple aid, lemon, maple aid. Sorry. I got that backwards for other beverage. You're going with Perrier sparkling water. For your random item, you're giving out free hugs. Your volunteers are giving out free hugs. And then their extra service is uh, not suitable for work ice uh, application. It's a very touchy-feely aid station. This is excellent. Your annoying song playing on loop is TNT by ACDC. And your celebrity ultra runner is the team of Paul and Meredith Terranova. Excellent, excellent aid station. Phil, you have for your salty snack salted watermelon. Uh, getting a little bit of sweetness in there too. And for your sweet snack, watermelon-flavored ice pops. For your hot food, you have uh, noodles, like a cup of noodle soup or, you know, hot noodles. That's good. Uh, your sports drink, uh, Tailwind, the classic. Your other beverage is seltzer water. You guys are kind of cheating there. Okay, that's all right. For your random item is solo cups. You want large, big portions of drinks, uh, especially late in the race, your extra service is a sponge bucket. That one, that one was a lifesaver for me at uh, at Brazos this year. I got to say that was fantastic. Yeah, he sponged you right down. Oh, it spun- sponged me up, baby. Sure. Your annoying song is the theme from Chariots of Fire, and your celebrity ultra runner is our good friend Laura Klein. My aid station, I have bacon as my salty snack. Love, love me some good bacon. My sweet snack is uh, frosting or icing straight out of the can. My hot food, pizza which means I win the entire exercise. Sports drink is uh, lime-flavored goo brew. Uh, my other beverage is Coke, keeping my sugar levels nice and high. My random item is uh, lubricant or Vaseline, squirrels, not butter, what have you. My extra service is going to be a masseuse. My annoying song is The Eye of the Tiger. And my celebrity ultra runner is Lucy Bartholomew. Yeah. I think you can head straight for dialysis right after your race. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe dilute some of that sugar down a little bit. <laughs> Guys, this was super fun. Thanks so much for playing along. That was good. Thank you for having me. Very good. All right, everyone, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up, the 
years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky and wild wonderment. Then ride the bus, feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still young. I was still. 